You're listening to the Yoga Magic Podcast with host Ashley Sondergaard. Do you remember that first time you took a yoga class? Lying in Shavasana thinking, what is this magic? For me, yoga opened the door to a life full of self-discovery and self-care. This show shines a light on what is possible when you invest in your well-being. And not only for you, but for everyone around you. I interview women in the space of healing, spirituality, beauty, wellness, and of course, yoga. This community of listeners is excited to expand their minds, open new doors, be honest, and sometimes take a big old handstand fall on the way. My hope is that this show gifts you a library of accessible new practices that fill up your soul and open your mind. Not all will be perfect for you, but that's the best part. Trying it on and finding your personal favorites. This is Yoga Magic. Thanks for listening. Hello and welcome to Yoga Magic, friends. Thank you so much for being here. I'm so glad that out of all of the podcasts out in the world to listen to, you choose to join me on this show. If you're brand new to Yoga Magic, we chat all things self-care and self-discovery, lots of different practices, mindsets, modalities, things that you can try on and really just see what works for you. So the hope is that After all of these episodes, there's a few different practices that are really just perfect for you, for who you are, for your astrological chart, and today we're chatting about shame. And why this relates to self-care, you might ask? Well, shame is, is the vibration that is essentially on the opposite end of the spectrum as joy, as love, as those like positive high vibes that we get from taking care of ourselves and shame and guilt and self-loathing are some of the most low vibrating emotions that we can have and so it's important to know when we might have shame where we might have shame what that looks like and we have an amazing guest Dee Woolridge today to talk about what shame feels like and also how we can overcome this I think it ties in well and is is a good timing off the heels of an episode on manifestation in that when you are in a low vibrational state, say it is shame or guilt, you're not able to attract all of those good things that you want. And yet sometimes we don't even know that we're in that low vibration. And so Dee gets really specific on that today. So Dee Woolridge is a specialist in effective communication, success mindset, and resilience, and is a best-selling author and writer of a number of self-help books, and she's the founder of two training and development companies, one that helps young adults on the autism spectrum. She is a 30-year U.S. Navy veteran covering three wars. She has led at the executive officer level and was a military consultant in Hollywood, and she is the ninth of 13 siblings, a breast cancer survivor, and parents of a daughter with autism. She is so amazing and wears so many different hats, and we talk about that today. We talk about her experience as a naval officer, as a woman, where you know where she experienced shame in her life, how she overcame that. We talk about her path to her true calling and what she's doing now. We talk about being a parent of a child with special needs and and the stresses that that is dealt with with that as well. So Dee is really really dropping some truth bombs today and gives us a lot of insight into how shame can show up for us, maybe physically within the body, energetically within our lives, and also how we can overcome it. So thanks to Dee for being on the show today. 
Friends, starting next week, I'm going to be adding a couple bonus episodes in for the month of November on Tuesdays, shorty little episodes on some astrological treats, let's call them that, astro treats on different cosmic topics that you may not know about and how you can apply those to your self-care practices, to what you're doing already, and maybe something you might want to introduce as well. So we'll talk about things like your north and your south node. We'll talk about sun practices versus moon practices, how you can use your Venus in your your self-care practices. It'll be kind of fun. Um, Again, just shorty episodes, bringing some more information your way, mostly because I love sharing all this stuff. I'm constantly learning. I'm obsessed with learning and I love to apply this to our lives, apply this to all to our well-being. And I want to share it all with you because it's it's so fun. You're my peoples. So if you're not already following along on Instagram, make sure to follow the Yoga Magic Podcast at Yoga Magic Podcast. And then follow me as well at AshleySondergaard.yoga. We got so much fun coming your way in the next year or so, starting really in December, um, a brand new self-care challenge, going to be totally free, just the opportunity to come together with a different self-care idea every day of the month. So if you're not already on the newsletter, make sure you hop on that because there'll be lots of goodness coming your way. Information on that, get on the newsletter and get some freebies in the show notes. And we have a couple special events happening as well. I love to do shorty cosmic self-care workshops. The next one is about Sagittarius and you can find more information on everything that Yoga Magic has to offer in the show notes. So thanks again for being here, everyone. I'm finally recovering from like the world's longest cold. Don't worry, not COVID, just like a real cold. And I feel like I still have my sexy voice. So if you're feeling soothed right now, thank you. (laughs) I'd like to prolong this like Mm, meditation voice a little bit longer. Okay, let's get to our awesome conversation with Coach D. Woolridge. Welcome, D. Thanks for being on the show. I'm I'm excited. To, is it weird to say I'm excited to talk about shame? But I am. I'm a little <laughs> like. <laughs> I think I'm going to learn a lot. Is what I'm, what I'm saying. Um, <laughs> thank you for being here. Can you tell listeners a little bit about yourself and the work that you do? Hey, Ashley. And just, I'm glad that we're starting this off with a laugh um, because (laughs) like nobody wants to talk about shame, right? Because it is that word is it's, it's shame It's stuff that you hide. So the fact that we're talking about it here is, is, um, is a real big deal. And it's hopefully it'll be helpful for people. Um, I'm a mindset coach and hypnotherapist and, um, spiritual counselor, hypnotherapist, course creator. I'm a speaker and author and a mom, retired um, naval officer. I'm a sister. Let me see. My mother had 13 (laughs) kids and I was number nine. Oh my gosh. Wow. So all of that just mixed in together, mashed in together. Um, I'm a mother of a daughter with special needs and I'm also a I'm a bonus mom to um, three sons. So we have a blended family and there's a lot of stuff that goes on in my life. So you can imagine what kind of shame has loomed around um, my life and how I got good at teaching people how to overcome it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Wow. You wear many hats. I love it when people speak to all of those hats when they do, you know, just uh, who are you? Because obviously, you know, our work is why we're connecting here, but at the same time, there's so much 
that's outside of that. And 13 kids. What? That's amazing. Did you enjoy that growing up or did that feel like a lot? (laughs) Well, sometimes it was really, you know, it was great, but Mm -hmm. you know, I can't say if I enjoyed it because it was just what my normal was. It's true. Mm -hmm. It was my normal. And it was, um, I think when I told people about it, there were sometimes when I had shame about it. And then sometimes when I felt unique Mm. about it. So it was, it's just depend on what season I was in growing up. Mm-hmm. You know, when I was little, it was just like 13 kids, you know, cause it's like, cause they, people like you would say, um, your mom had 13 kids. So I thought that was really special. But yeah. then when you get to be a teenager, you just go, yeah, 13 of us, <laughs> you know, so you go through these different stages in your life and you, um, judge your life by what you think it should be from mm-hmm. what you're seeing out there, you know, with everybody else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I wonder if someone who's like an only child feels that in a similar, like someone that just has like one other, you know, it's just, we can't change our reality. And yet yeah. we get into that space of shame, which we're going to talk about. So in your work, I mean, in your work, in your life experience, how did you end up in this space? Like, I'm curious to know, hypnotherapy. I've talked to tons yeah. of different people that work in, in hypnotherapy. I've, I've done it as a practitioner. I love it. I think it's so impactful. Mm-hmm. How did you take all your life experiences and, and decide to land in these, in these areas of overcoming shame using the tool of hypnotherapy? It was a calling. It's like, you know how you do something because you have no choice. Well, you do have a choice, but it's the, the pull is so strong it's you're consumed by it that this all you think about. Mm-hmm. That's how I was. Um, and even though I tried not to go in that um, direction, because I thought I was going to be this amazing um, naval officer and have this glorious career and um, change lives that way. Um, even though I had a um, successful naval career, um, I never felt fulfilled um, completely in that role. Mm. It was, this is what I do to earn money. And um, this is, I think I got so much um, respect from people that loved me in that role, but they didn't understand that I suffered um, in a lot of ways in that role. I felt isolated and like I didn't fit in. And literally, like I was wearing clothes that didn't belong to me. Like um, I had a rash. There was one um, unit I was attached to that I had a rash for four years. And as soon as I transferred um, out of that unit, the rash went away. So it was, you know, these things that manifest in your body because of, because of who you are trying to be and it just doesn't fit. So um, all the time I was doing my military work, I was always doing something on the side. Mm-hmm. And because I had a daughter with um, autism, well, she, at first she was born at 24 weeks. So she was one pound. Oh wow. So 30 years ago, that's when I started this work. Mm. You know, I was active duty military, um, away from home, husband out at sea. And, you know, the baby comes early. So I had to figure out really fast how to um, help myself from, depression, postpartum depression from guilt 
and shame of having a, I was like, my body can't even do this right. <laughs> That's how I felt about it. I was mm-hmm. like, who can't have a baby right? I was so angry. And there was no one around to really help me in the way that would actually um, bring results and bring me peace and calm. So I started seeking out things that would, um, that in ways that I could get there. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, the military chaplain wasn't doing it and the psychologists weren't doing it. So I started seeking things like meditation, um, reading books on um, mindfulness, and it wasn't even a big deal like it is now. You know, everybody is talking about mm-hmm. mindfulness now, but, um, you know, back in the day when uh, Louise Hay was um, in the 90s, that's when she was really, when she really st- uh, started her work. And um, I was reading her books then and Yanla Van Zandt and I'm trying to figure out what was wrong with me. And I'm doing air quotes because I felt broken then. So I was starting to work on myself. That's how it started on myself. So I had this dual thing going, Ashley, where um, I got in the uniform and I did the work and then I couldn't wait to get off work so I can go do my real life. So I can go meet with my um, friends and we can talk about our spirit guides and, and the angel experience that we had, or, you know, I'll learn about Reiki and go to all of these classes. Cause that was my real life. That's what I really wanted to do. Mm-hmm. So if that, that's a long um, answer to the question of how did I get to this? Mm-hmm. So in helping myself, I was gathering tools and techniques and ways to help myself and to help help my my daughter and to get through things. And then I would just tell people about them. Hey, have you read this book? Hey, why don't you come to this this class I'm going to? Hey, we're having a, you know, a gathering, you know, we meet every every Sunday. And then it got to the point where I, um, so I was started teaching at um, these metaphysical stores, you know, I would teach about crystals and um, chakras and uh, uh, color balancing. And, um, and then um, I started to allow my own um, self to develop um, where, where, you know, where my soul was soaring more. So opening up to uh, my intuition. Mm-hmm. And um, I started doing more, um, I started doing readings for people, you know, so I read um, intuitive cards, oracle cards, um, I, I got a, like a side hustle reading cards, reading people's, uh, it's like, Hey, you want your cards read, you know, <laughs> so doing that. And then I was just like, I'm pretty freaking good at this yeah. you know, because I would just let it flow. And, and then I also had that other thing where I couldn't talk about it. So that was shame. Mm-hmm. Then I started connecting all the dots of shame, like throughout my life of, um, where the shame developed. And shame is a very low vibrating right. emotion. It's um, on the scale. If 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 you were to go and look at um, look, it's from this book, Power Versus Force. Um, the author's name is Hawkins, and you can Google the Hawkins scale, and you'll see that this scale it's a it's a like an inverted pyramid, and um, at the bottom. It's, um, and then it has the colors of the chakras. At the bottom, it has the things that vibrate, vibrate really low from zero to going up and then say, I think shame is like two. Right. Is it guilt that's the only one that's lower or 
As shame, true. guilt. Um, I can uh, look up the the chart. It's pretty damn low. It's, it's low, pretty down there. Right. And mm-hmm. um, and then like enlightenment might be a thousand. Mm-hmm. So you're going if you're if you're vibrating that low, it's hard to to get the life that you want to have the life that you want if you're always in the vibration of shame and guilt or depression, hate, fear, all of those things vibrate low. And that's where I was because I I didn't feel like I was myself. So I was in and out of that. Like when I was with my metaphysical group, I felt like my vibration was high. But then when I went back to uh, my group of military people and they go, what did you do this weekend? And I wanted to say, I got in touch with my spirit guy. (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't. Was there shame on the other side too? I'm like, I, I can definitely understand like in that formal military space potentially like keeping out, like, oh, I don't do this woo stuff. Like I feel like that sometimes as, as like a mother, like I can't necessarily be like, yeah, I totally did like a spirit guide meditation this morning. But yeah. do you, did you feel that in the, in like the metaphysical spaces as well, where you're doing the things that you love? Did you feel shame about your other life in military or was it, was it exclusively like in that one area? And I'm, I'm just I curious. Was torn. Both ways. Yeah. Um, I yeah. was torn and I actually, I struggled with, you know, I had many times that I could have retired, Mm -hmm. that I could have stopped because I did 30 years. So yeah, I could have stopped a lot of times. And, and, and I was like, this is it. I'm giving up. I'm I'm not giving up. I'm, I'm throwing it in. I'm, but somebody would say D, you know, some big wig would say, I saw that you put your retirement papers in just so you know that, you know, I can't really tell you this, but if you stay in, your name is in the hat for promotion. So, um, I just, I stayed there. So I didn't feel shame about being my metaphysical self at all mm-hmm. because everybody had a job. You know, everybody had a regular job that they went to. Mm-hmm. You know, I wasn't doing, I wasn't the practitioner I am full time right now. And then I also had shame about other things, secret things that had occurred in my life that I had done or had happened to me or around me. And I took responsibility for those things as if they were mine, like things that my mom had done and who she was, or my brothers or somebody in my family, like I attached myself to that. And it showed up in my life as shame, but I didn't know any better. I didn't know that I couldn't do that, Mm -hmm. that I didn't have to take responsibility for what they had done. And even if I can be forgiven for things that I did, because nobody even told me that, Hey, like now I, when I, when I'm working with people, I take them through this process. And the first thing is understanding. I go, do you understand that you were doing the best you could with the skills and the resources you had at that time? You know, they want to have all of these, buts, but I could do this and I could have done that. And, you know, I'm just like, if you could have, you would have, you didn't because you couldn't, because if you cognitively know something and then you do it, then you're supposed to. The rest of it is learning. You're going to keep learning until you move past that threshold of learning where it is knowledge. Mm -hmm. It's knowledge now. Now I know it. It's a skill. So even with shame, there were just things I couldn't talk about. And even in college, I developed a stutter because I had so many lies about who I was. Hmm. And I would forget what lie I told. So it would come out in a stutter Hmm. or I was trying to be someone that I wasn't, you know, trying not to be this girl from inner city Chicago and be like the white girls at my school, Mm -hmm. you know, because there, there was probably 2% 
um, Black Americans at the University of Illinois when I was going there. Mm. Like we could see each other across the quad. Like, hey, Black person over there. (laughs) So so who I was around most of the time, I didn't look like them. I didn't speak like them. I didn't dress like them. So I was trying to fit in. And it took effort to do that. And all of that, um, trying to leave my real self behind it came out, you know, here, here, we, here we are talking about that throat chakra. I wasn't being my authentic self, mm-hmm. so I couldn't even get it out through my lips. So it came out in a st- stutter and a stammer because I, I was trying to process stuff in my head. Like, okay, how am I supposed to say this? How do I say this for others to accept me? Mm-hmm. And I realized that that was all part of shame. Like I wasn't accepting myself the way I spoke, looked, and was. So how can anybody accept me? And when I did that, I was just free. Mm-hmm. Just, just free. Mm-hmm. Just, yeah. I, I'm just thinking too, you're speaking to the vibration, which, you know, on, on this show, we talk about vibration and in that law of attraction and, you know, the, good, the Louise Hay of it all. Yeah. And yet I think it's hard sometimes to like really understand what that means. Like if I'm vibrating in this low place, in this place of shame or guilt or whatever it is, that that just really attracts more of that same energy. And I'm curious to know, like how, when did you discover that this was vibrating so low that you were in this shameful state and what did you do to pivot (laughs) out? There wasn't like a one day I'm in shame. It it was, it was a, it's a life process. It's been a life process and journey. Now, now looking back, I can say 30 years I've been doing this work and I've been constantly working on me. I think that I had a cancer journey eight years ago. And I remember, I'm trying to make this short. It was attached to my mother. Mm. You know, I had such, I had love and hate for her, Mm -hmm. but the hate was a lot bigger than the love. And it wasn't really even hate. It was sadness and hurt, but sadness and hurt as a vibration sits there. It has no, has no movement. So in order to get unstuck, I brought in hate so I can keep moving. Yep. Otherwise I would just never get out of the bed. So I wanted people to believe that I had this great relationship with my mother. You know, it was fake, you know, and I did a lot of stuff, a lot of fake things because I would pretend like I was this other person and um, like everything was all right. So I could get approval and respect or all of these other things that I thought I needed. The things that I never got from my mother, and I won't use the word never, the things that I thought I didn't get, Mm -hmm. or I thought I needed from my mother. So when you are projecting out there, out there, instead of going within you, it's always something within you if you're projecting out. So if I'm trying to get love and approval um, and acceptance from other people, um, it was because I felt that I, I didn't get it at home growing up. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have a, an understanding of the dynamics like I do now. Like my mother had 13 kids. 
versus like your mother had 13 kids. And I was like, yes, my mother had 13 kids and all the stuff that goes along with that. Do you think she has time to, to give each one of us the attention that we need? So my mother, what she did was the best she could with the skills and the resources she yeah. had. So the people that needed her the most, that's who my, my mother gave her attention to. And it wasn't mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. So I felt resentment for that. Like I can verbalize it now. I can articulate it now, but I couldn't before. It was, I didn't want to tell people that my mother didn't like me. I wanted to pretend that we had this perfect family and this, and this perfect relationship. But what was really happening is that the more, the older I got and the more I didn't get it from her because I became this high achiever so that I could show her that I'm good. And she was like, eh, you don't need me, basically. And I, I'm not going to give this to you. So I became more and more resentful. And then our relationship just deteriorated more. And then I got to this point where it was hate. Hmm. And I remember when I said that out loud, I was just like, I hate you so much. Two years later, I was diagnosed with cancer. Hmm. I didn't even want to tell people that I had cancer because I'm like, there's D the healer with freaking cancer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, mm-hmm. how are you going to be a healer? And you can't be healed Because <laughs> I was doing healing work then. It was yeah. just like I was charging for people to come in with and do uh, Reiki healings or crystal healings or whatever like that. And then I get cancer. So I had a lot of shame around that. And I think if I had to pinpoint a time when I... Um, started really working on the shame, it was then. Mm -hmm. It was through that cancer journey because that is a journey of surrender. It is like all the things that you thought were important, that I thought was important, all the shit I was hiding, all the things that I didn't want people to know, they were right there in my face for me to deal with one by one, to open up that vault because I kept all the shame. I used to tell people I kept them in the skiff. Um, a skiff is um, secret compartment information facility. That's <laughs> where the bat phone is for the military. You go, you know, you go, hey, the bat phone is there. And that's where you have all your secret conversations and secret documents. They're all in the skiff. And they weigh um, because they're made out of lead and you can't see through them and all of that stuff. They're, they're several tons. That's what I carried all my shame in. Mm-hmm. So wherever I went, I tell people, wherever you go, there you are with mm-hmm. all your stuff. So I carried my skiff with me. And so when I, um, through the cancer journey, I didn't have the energy to keep lying and pretending. And um, I didn't even care then. It was like, I was, I was in survival mode. So I'm like, when I, if I leave this planet, do I really care if somebody is going to know any of these things that I thought were so important? And oh my God, so shameful that people would judge me. I was just like, I don't even care. Just like all the people who I thought were important in my life didn't even show up to come visit me in the hospital. Mm, Wow. Yeah. So, um, and even my mother, you know, the stuff with my mother. So I'm just like, all I I had to drop it. So I, I went through this process. Um, that's when I learned radical forgiveness. It's a book by Colin Tipping and it's called radical forgiveness. And while I was going through the cancer journey and I had this uh, practitioner working on me, 
um, she was doing some body work on me and she just said, Hey, have you heard of radical forgiveness? And I was like, I, I don't know what that is. And she says, Hey, read this book. She, she, she recommended that book and this book called your soul's journey. Hmm. So I read both those books and they changed my life. And then that's when I started to forgive. And, um, it was the process of forgiveness. And I remember my friend, Karen, who was, uh, she was my hypno buddy. Um, she put me in hypnosis and then we, she helped me transform hate into love. Mm. And with that, I just felt so light. And then there was just nothing that could touch me. Then it was just like, I, I had love, but love was this small and hate was this, was this big. And because what had been modeled for me was hate. This is how we deal with things when we don't know what to do. We put, we throw hate at it instead of love. So when we were able to switch those and make love bigger, because what Karen said, and it was genius what she said, she goes, yeah, love in there or hate. Um, love can do the same thing that hate does without tearing your body down. Because love is what you truly are, the essence of who you truly are. Hate isn't. Hate mm -hmm. is an emotion and it doesn't come from God. So you have to manufacture it and it takes a lot of energy. Oh, wow. So that hate is the cancer. <laughs> that shame, that guilt, those lies are the cancer. How do you heal that? You heal it with love and forgiveness. And so that's the process that I went through on releasing the shame. Mm -hmm. When you work with clients, what, where are they getting shame from? Like, this is, you know, your story. I might have shame in an area of my life or whatever. Where do we see, like, what are some of the areas people carry shame from? From zero to 10 years old, we are conditioned to be and do what somebody else wants us to be and do. And when we don't or can't do or be those things, we carry their, their guilt is pushed onto us and we carry it as shame. So it can be anything. Mm -hmm. It could be, um, it could be something that we've done or couldn't do ourselves that we kept a secret because in our, and it's different for each person because um, each family is different. Like my ex-husband, there were so many secrets in his family. Like they didn't talk about things. It was hush, hush. No, we don't talk about that. Like I never knew how his father died because like they had, his father was in the Navy. So, you know, I would go to my in-law's house and we see this picture of this frame of, of um, my husband's, my ex-husband's father. And, you know, they never talked about him. And when I asked about him, they were just like, he was, he was just like, so it turns out later, like years later, after I was divorced, you know, I found out he died of cirrhosis of the liver from alcoholism. Mm. Oh, yeah. Yep. And I'm like, okay. And my ex-husband was an alcoholic. Mm. So it's like, they didn't want to talk about that because there was so much shame around how he died and what he died from. So as a child, my ex was conditioned with, we don't talk about alcohol. We don't talk about your father, how your father acted. We don't talk about his transgressions. So he grew up with that, with that not being able to express the truth. So it came, it manifested 
in him through alcohol Mm -hmm. and other ways. So it can be so many other things as growing up poor or hungry. People don't want to talk about that because there's shame around that. When other people have, they take for granted that they have food and shelter and clothing and things like that. And even when I talk to my husband now about, you know, things that I didn't have growing up, he can't believe it. He was like, you guys didn't have that. I'm just like, dude, there was 13 of us. (laughs) (laughs) I got a popsicle. I'm lucky. (laughs) And before I couldn't talk about that. So there's shame in a lot of things. There's shame in, okay, so that's shame in like a family shame that's been passed on to you. So you're being conditioned with that. We don't talk about that. We don't talk about that. That's not good. So that's one type of shame. Another is parents will guilt their children as a motivator Mm -hmm. to get them to do something. And for example, just using language... Parents will think that they're helping their child by by saying things like, you're never going to get this right. Instead of correcting the issue, Mm. they're judging the child. Got it. Yeah. And they haven't separated the child from the action. Mm -hmm. So if you're not good at spelling, so I have a client who wasn't who wasn't particularly good at math. So and and she has shame around being pulled out of her classroom to go to a math to a one-on-one math class uh, while she was going through school. Mm. She was like, ah, you know, and, and her sister's this um, genius. She's like, my sister was, you know, so smart and she had all this and I'm, I'm getting pulled out of, um, out of class when all my friends are doing something when they're going through regular math, because I couldn't do it, you know? So she has shame around that. And it, cause all she can hear is I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. So that is like a personal shame. So we have the what's passed down to us. We have what our person, what our personal shame is. We have what's guilted to us. Like, I'm going to say this to you to make you feel bad about you hit your sister. You know, if you keep hitting your sister, you're never going to get a wife, you know, because you're, you know, you're not, you're not going to be a good man, you know, so you're Mm -hmm. hearing things like that. Or I had a client and he was in his seventies and he remembers when he was five years old, um, they lived on the ranch. He remembers his dad gave him a um, bag and told him to pick up these. I don't know what he called them. They were like feathers. He says they didn't weigh anything. And he says, and so his dad says, you know, when you, when we get the bag, when you fill it up, we'll weigh the bag and I'll pay you for um, what you brought in. So he said that he put rocks in the bag so it could weigh more. And his, when he, his dad turned out the bag and said, you put rocks in here, son, you know, this is not how we do things. You're not a man, you know, you're not going to be a man of integrity if you do, if you do this. So he had all of this shame around that. And because his dad, like he's a baby, you know, you're five Mm -hmm. years old. Dad knows you, you can't carry a bag of rocks. He's just giving you something to do. And you're putting these feathers in there, (laughs) you know, so the bag's not going to wear anything, but he was wanting to show his dad, Hey, I can, I I'm going to have a bag full and he put the rocks in there, but his dad shamed him. Mm. So even at 70 years old, he was still trying to get his dad's approval because everything was like, my dad wouldn't do this. I, you know, my dad would do it this way. My dad just doing this way. And, And I would say to him, when are you going to let go of needing your dad's approval? And then we have the the shame of what we think 
we're supposed to have or be, and it's not. So you don't want anybody to know your reality because you think you're judging it and you're judging what the reality is harshly. So you think that someone else is going to judge judge it harshly and you believe you're going to lose something because of that judgment. Mm-hmm. So there's, you can, you can, I, I bet you can name uh, some things now, Ashley, that are super small that you had shame around that really, when you think about it, it was like, man, I was carrying that as shame. Hi friends. I'm such a strong believer that simple self-care practices make us strong, more equipped for challenges in our life. And sometimes self-care means talking to someone with complete and open honesty and that someone might be a licensed professional. So let's talk about one of my favorite sponsors, BetterHelp. BetterHelp is amazing and it helped me so much in the last year through my challenges and struggles. If you'd like to talk with a licensed therapist about your challenges, your goals, or you just need to get you know, something heavy off of your chest, BetterHelp is making it so easy to make that happen. They will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. It's not a crisis line, it's not self-help, it is professional counseling done securely online. And perhaps, you know, you don't have access to a counselor where you live or you just don't want to leave your house. (laughs) BetterHelp makes it so easy. And not only that, but it's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. So once you're matched with a counselor, you get to know them, you get to see if it's a fit. And if it's not, no problem. It's free to change counselors if needed. Because we all know that, you know, it needs to be a fit. If you're going to pour out your heart, you need to, to feel comfortable with that person. Once you have your licensed therapist, you can log into your account anytime and send them a message, set up weekly sessions via video or phone call, and you'll get a timely and thoughtful response. And remember, you never have to sit in that awkward traditional therapy waiting room. It's such a relief. So BetterHelp really wants you to start living a happier life today. If you're ready to prioritize yourself and your well-being along with the million people taking charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional therapist, visit betterhelp.com slash yoga magic to get set up. And for yoga magic listeners, you can get 10% off of your first month. That's better H-E-L-P slash yoga magic. Because we talk about self-care on this show. I want to know, like, what, obviously hypnosis is a great way to access these memories and find the shame, the root of the shame, the memories, Mm -hmm. and then also to reparent or like heal that. What other ways, what other practices and self-care tools do you use as a, with your clients, with yourself to overcome shape, to come out of that, to re reprogram, recondition so that you can function in a higher vibration. Hypnosis is just one of them. I, I like hypnosis because it's fast. Yeah, it is. Um, I call it rapid resolution where we can get to the root cause and then uh, the root cause of um, not only shame, but whatever the core negative beliefs are. Mm. So, and, and when we get to that, um, initialize an event, whether, you know, that it could have been at three or seven is usually somewhere between zero and 10 years old. So, um, hypnosis is really good at getting through that while you're in hypnosis. This is when I use some of the other techniques that you're asking me about. I will use, um, gestalt 
therapy. It is a back and forth. Like we like um, say, I go, your mother is standing right there in front of you. What do you want to say to her? Be your mother and talk and have your mother talk to you. So now, mom, what do you want to say to um, seven-year-old Ashley? Ash, seven-year-old Ashley, what do you want to say back to mom? So you have this back and forth. And we bring forth this resolution in that way because it's a conversation that you may have never have had or will never have, but you can do it right there. You don't have to be in hypnosis to do this because this, this technique has been around forever, but it's really effective in hypnosis. Mm-hmm. NLP techniques, um, neuro-linguistic programming, yes. where if you can remember, so like the swish technique, if you can remember a time before there was shame and then the time after shame, and then you can swish forward or swish backwards to that. We use that in and out of hypnosis. Mm -hmm. Parts therapy is another thing that you can use where you can actually talk to the shame. You're setting um, an arena to invite the parts of you that keep you from moving forward in your life. You go, okay, all right, parts. So if you can, you can put down a blanket or put a chair. Okay. Which parts are here? Parts. Thank you for being here. And then the part gets a voice. So who's here? Shame is here. Okay, shame. Why are you here? When were you created? When did Ashley create you? Why were you created? What do you do for her? And then shame gets a voice to say, hey, I keep her safe. She needs me. (laughs) She needs me. I ain't going nowhere. (laughs) So, and then you get to shame. You have, you have slowed me down from seeing the life I want. I don't need you anymore. And then shame, usually the parts have resistance. They don't want to leave because they've been in your life for so long. So in that therapy session, we are transforming the shame into something else Mm. because it's a part of you. So you can't like energy. It doesn't, um, you can't destroy it. It just transforms. Transmute it. Yeah. So it's like, okay, shame, then you see that you, you're really hurting Ashley. I know you're trying to help her and maybe for a time you were helping her, but now she needs something else. What can you be for her now? And, you know, shame might say, well, I can be courage. And then, you know, we get permission. Ashley, is that okay with you that shame can be courage? Yes. So what do you want courage to do for you now that shame couldn't do? So we work those things out right there. And it's so amazing. And so we bring in any other parts. So it may be three or four parts of you. Some may be, um, and they have different names. So some people give them superhero names. (laughs) You know, they start off with these really like there's hate there, the shame there's, or some people give them names like there's Victor and and Elvira there, and then they get transformed (laughs) into Wonder Woman and things like that. So that is called transforming them or moving them into a a resourceful state because the first state you were in was not resourceful. It was full of all the things that hurt you. So in order to bring that vibration up, you need resources. Mm-hmm. So now you're making your own resources. You can't take it from other people because it's inauthentic and it won't last. It has to come from within you. So let's transform those parts of you into something resourceful. So, hey, Wonder Woman, what are you going to do for Ashley when she, when you, um, when that feeling of 
a low self-loathing and um, comes in where she doesn't want to care for herself. Wonder Woman says, well, I'm going to have my golden wings and I'm going to wrap them around her and anything that comes past her, they're just going to ping, ping, ping off or whatever. You, you like, we have fun with it. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the session, you have a dream team because during that session, I teach you, I go, how does, how does Wonder Woman feel? So you can feel the vibration or the energy of that part of you when it comes in? How does Fred feel when, will, when he comes in? What does he look like? What color is he? Is he tall, short? Is he in physical form or is he energetic? So you get to decide that. But the thing is, you need to know how they feel. That vibration feels. So if you're vibrating here, you can call on your team to help you raise your vibration higher to the state where you're not in, you want to get to green on that scale, green or above, mm-hmm. because th- th- then you're in the flow. You're in the flow of things. And that's where you're going to attract the things that are going to be helpful, mm-hmm. but you got to get there. You said your team, when you say your team, are you yeah. saying like you've transmuted the shame into your team? Or are you saying like your spirit guide team or is it kind of both? It is whatever team you create. So, okay. cause this, this particular technique, the parts therapy, there's parts of you, parts of your psyche, like the, what's talking to you, those voices, blah, blah, blah. You can't do this D because you are too slow at that, mm. you know, or you're, you weren't good at math. And remember these people used to say we were fat all the time, or you need to be um, a man to do that. So all of those, those five parts we bring to this arena and each pe- person's arena is going to be different. Is it a beach? Is it your kitchen? Is it, is it a hotel room? Are you guys in Maui? Where's this arena? And you decide where that is. Okay. So then we invite in the first persona or the first person or the first parts of you. And so we work on that first part. And then I'll ask you, is there any other part that you need to bring forward? And your subconscious mind will know. Mm-hmm. So it could be one part of you or three parts of you that have been holding you back, that have been working together because shame and guilt and um, shame, guilt and self-hate will work yeah. together, for example. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this is where you get to transform all three of them into something else. So they're no longer shame, guilt and self-loathing. They are now Aquaman, Superman, and Batman, or whatever you want to call them, you can give them whatever name you want, Mm -hmm. sunshine, beauty, and love. So now that's your team. So, So we have your team so that you don't forget them. I take you through not just naming them, but experiencing them. Like, how does love feel, Ashley? So I, and, and with your eyes closed, you were saying love feels like blah, 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 whatever that is. I, and I go, can you feel it? And, and I might ask you, you know, on a scale of one to 10, how does the love feel? And if it's not at least at an eight, I'll take you through another process to build it up, to build that vibration to an eight or above. So you have the picture of that in your mind and you, can you feel that when I'm describing that to you? Oh, absolutely. I, the first time that I ever did a hypnosis session, like I remember we kind of, we didn't do it as way you're describing, but that it's like, an, it, it overcomes you that feeling yes. of love. It, it's yeah. like, it's hard to even put into words, but it, it, I mean, it's a feeling so totally. And I love that. That's kind of like a, 
like a think again method, right? If you're like experiencing that shame and you're just going to, I don't like you've talked about so many different tools and I'm, I'm thinking like Gabby Bernstein talks about think again, think again, like yeah. that's, that's totally it. Right. It's yeah. like, you have to catch yourself Yep. and you then do. move forward. But with your help, like once you've identified that, hopefully it gets easier with practice. It really does. And, and if you have those, um, Having the team is really good. So that's the third session. So I do like an eight part um, session with my clients and that's, we do parts therapy on the third session. Okay. So, and there's also um, Byron Katie's The Work. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm telling you. So it's a tool that I use every day if I need to. Because it is, it's a simple, powerful tool um, where she asks, ask for questions, write it down, something, something, turn it around. So what you're doing is whatever thought you have, like, like Gabby says, um, ask again. Mm-hmm. So um, Byron says, ask these four, yourself these four questions. So if you go, um, my husband doesn't uh, put me first. So the first question is, is that true? Because we have a habit of saying always or never, like my, my husband never puts me first. Yeah. We make it. Is that true? Mm -hmm. The second question is, can you absolutely know that? And then there is um, like, what would you, what would your life be without that thought? Can you drop it? And then there's a turnaround. The turnaround is um, I don't put me first. So you're really asking questions because everything, the inquiry is about you. It's about you. It makes you go within because, you know, our life is a projection of our thoughts. What's out there is because what we are consciously or unconsciously thinking all the time. So we create our reality. Mm-hmm. So there's lots of tools out there that, and, and that I use. So I use the Byron Katie. Um, and I also use the radical forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Radical forgiveness is a higher level spiritual concept that it's sometimes hard for people who haven't, who don't do any spiritual work at all. Cause they may not get some of the concepts he's talking about. He talks about, um, things like, um, there are no victims. The things yeah. that happen to you are because of because you asked for them and people who, who don't understand would say, why would I ever ask to be raped? Why would I ever ask to have my child have leukemia or my, um, to lose my job and not have money? Why would I ask for that? So we're talking about souls, the soul's journey mm-hmm. and the duality of our life. Like we're living this human life. We're living the soul's life through this human journey. And um, so we have the duality. We're partly in soul and, and partly in, in human, but, our, but when um, partly in humanity, the world of humanity. So if we realize that none of this is real, it is parts that we are playing like a movie or in a play. We're playing out these parts so that we can learn and grow spiritually. Eckhart Tolle talks about it. I mean, all the modern day masters talk about it, about being mindful in the moment. Mm -hmm. That's the only thing we have is in the moment. That's where spirit is, not in the past, not in the future, right in this moment. And then you're able to let things go. You're able to let go of all of that stuff from last year, all of the shame, because none of that matters anymore because it's gone. Mm -hmm. 
So radical forgiveness is another tool. Um, if you need something for the symptoms of behavior, like right in the moment, EFT tapping, yeah, I love um, tapping. is that changes the thought. That's just like uh, breaking the thought. Like Gabby says, um, ask again. If you don't know if you, if that's not effective by saying ask asking again, if you don't know how to do that process, if you're tapping on the um, meridians in the body, it'll break it up. Even if you don't know what to say, just start tapping on your wrist right here or the karate chop right here or wherever. And, and whatever the thought is, accept where you are, mm -hmm. accept where I'm mad right now. I'm mad right now. And I can't even think, but I still love and appreciate myself so much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's so good though. Like put it into words and Yes. These are so helpful. And they're so, they're so tangible and they're so different. And there's, mm -hmm. we're all, you know, I think the thing that like, I love that you're saying through this whole process is like, it, it's all, yeah, it's all super layered. We're all very different. We have yeah. very different life experiences and there's like no one cookie cutter way of working through these things. And honestly, like, I don't, I don't want to say it's fun to like, dig this deep. Sometimes it's really hard, but it is, it's fun to grow. It's fun to see yourself on the other side and be like, look at me. Look what <laughs> I did, You know? Yeah. Oh God. Thank God for my growth. I don't think I would have made it through cancer. I, I don't know. I'm such a different person on the other side of that journey where I forgave everything and everybody, including myself. And there's nothing I can't talk about. You know how free that is? Talk about letting go of shame. It's just like, this is me. I accept me with every spot and wrinkle there is because every spot and wrinkle has been purposeful in my life. Mm -hmm. Not your life, not their lives, but my lives. And that's the life that's, that matters. And now that I know that, what is what really is my purpose? What is what we have? Many people think we just have one. I believe that our purpose for being here is to journey and then to teach mm -hmm. yeah. through our journey, you know, so giving back and serving in some way. So that's why, you know, it's just like, I would learn this stuff and then I want to teach it. It's just like when you, you go to the store and you got this great bag and people say, that's a great bag, Ashley. And you go, I got it at Ross. <laughs> I have three more. You should go right now. Go get you it. Tell them because it's so good, right? I and know. it's such a good deal. So you want to share it. And that's how it's been with this journey of life discovery to getting to the, the process of being free mm -hmm. from all of those low vibrations and living in the flow. And then, you know, Ashley, you know, when you're not in the flow because it's so painful. It's so heavy. It's so, yeah. Yeah, you do. And sometimes you don't realize it until you're out of it, but yes. Oh my gosh. D we could do a whole nother episode. I, I feel know. like I'm like, <laughs> so good. <laughs> Just vibing it's, on it's vibrations. Fun. Yeah. I have a, my clients that have gone through my program and now there's, they're in a text group. So oh, cool. it's called um, Battle Cry Anahata. So mm -hmm. Anahata is the heart chakra. Heart chakra. Mm -hmm. And Battle Cry comes from my military days. That That's a cry of solidarity, like, hurrah, you know, so that's a, a or go get them or whatever that is. That's a battle cry. So in the text group, the ladies are able, they, they would say Anahata, Battle Cry Anahata, and then they would type on 
type in whatever, text in what's going on with them. And then the the other ladies rally around and just send and start loving and supporting. Mm. And it's such a beautiful support to have because your spouse, your kids, your friends, your family may not know how to help you. They may want to, or what you're battle crying about may be about them. <laughs> Right. You need a safe place to go. So in this, this group, they can type anything. Like one of the girls said, you know, she lost her mom a couple of years ago and her dad just got married. And she was like, I'm having a hard time. Her dad got remarried. She's like, my dad is, he just got remarried on Saturday and I can't handle this. I'm having a hard time. So instead of the old way that the girls would have been with judgment or telling her how she should feel or shouldn't feel. They don't do that. They go feel everything because that is part of the process. And what we've been taught is to not feel. So it goes in and shows up as guilt and shame because we're told we're not, we shouldn't feel that. So we feel guilty for feeling it. And then that's the shame we have about something we didn't do right or didn't Um, complete or whatever that is. Now we could say, I don't like this woman that my dad is marrying. And we could be truthful and work it out and talk it out. Mm -hmm. And then when you finish with that process, because you have to go through this process and otherwise it's going to show up again in another area of your life in another area of your life, because it hasn't been process and you haven't worked on it. So they still get to work on these things. So just because you've worked on it once doesn't mean that it's, it's not, it's never a one and done. This is a, all your life, you're going to be working on you. And isn't it great to have a place you can go to, to have somebody there who knows how to help you process what you're going through, right? To allow you to feel and ask again, Yeah. (laughs) go to inquiry with the at work, do the radical forgiveness, remember who your dream team is, do the tapping. Somebody in the group said, you know, I'm trying to figure out how to process this anger. You know, I forgot what I was supposed to do. And so I said, you know, I go to, I go to the batting cage because I can feel everything safely there. You know, it's like hitting a ball at 60 miles an hour. It's so satisfying. Oh yeah. That's like, <laughs> Burn out that fire. I feel Yeah. You. And I could talk when I'm hitting it too. Mm-hmm. I could just talk trash when I'm hitting it. And then it's out. And then I can think clearly because mm-hmm. now the anger is not hiding what the true core negative belief is. If there wasn't a belief about something, then the feeling wouldn't be there. You can't get to what that belief is if that feeling is so strong, if the emotion is so strong. So you feel it. And then you're asking yourself, I see you in thought right now, Ashley. You're like, mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm like thinking of a specific example yeah. that I'm working through. <laughs> this is helping. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sadness, sadness and disappointment and things like that. I go to the lake, you know, and I, and I have this giant inflatable, I don't care who else is in, around and wherever the current is taking me, I just go and I just look up and then whatever thought sadness I have, I give it to the lake. I was like, I feel sad about that, but I, I'm loving myself. I feel sad about this, but I'm loving myself. And so when I, when I finish and it may take an hour or two for me to flush all the sadness out and then the root cause is sitting right there because there's nothing covering it. Mm, It's it's just that thing. Okay. What is it? It was, I remember being sad when I was let down by, you know, by my father, 
it feels that same way. So is this the same thing, D? No, it's not the same thing. It's just the same feeling. Okay, so what do we need to do? We need to send love to that seven-year-old, seven-year-old D, and to D's father. So whatever I need to say to my father there, I do it on the lake. I'm just like, Dad, I'm sad that you weren't there, that you didn't choose me, that you were always gone. I'm sad about that, that you let me down, Dad. And I, and I do that right there. And so once you run the horse uphill is what we call it, and you get it all out, you're going to feel so relieved. And you'll see that the sadness that you're now experiencing is sometimes is, is most likely connected to that. So we have these human feelings, emotions, they're not for us to repress they're, because they're signals for us to uncover what the matter really is. Mm-hmm. And to have help to do it, I think is so amazing. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is like profound. I really, these are some new examples that I haven't talked about before. So I'm really glad that you brought them to the audience. I think they're going to be excited to learn more. Can you tell listeners where to find you if they want to do some of your work or um, just learn more about all your goodness? Sure. You can, right now, I got hacked on um, Facebook and IG. I got hacked on Facebook, so they connected. So I've been off since July. Um, So you you need to go directly to my amazing website. Yeah, go right to <laughs> um, the source. <laughs> just go to dwoolridge.com. And there's some free things on there that um, if you want to get a feel of how I work, um, there's some free things you can download. Um, if you're a people pleaser, there's a um, worksheet on there to help you s- learn to say no to people. Um, if there's toxic people in your life, there's a worksheet on there to help you sort like who those people are in your life mm-hmm. and what you can do to replace them. Um, there's a worksheet on there for, let me see, the power of no worksheet. There's toxic people. So there's a couple of things on there. Um, there's also a self-esteem challenge. I think it's like five bucks. Um, also, if you are living with anxiety, which many of my clients um I don't know, anxiety in this time in the, like over the last seven years, I've been working with people because of anxiety. Um, so there's a free workshop called kick fear in the face. Mm. Um, anxiety is fear. Y'all, if you didn't know it's, it's fear on steroids. Mm-hmm. It's just, and it's always there. So, um, there's a free workshop there that, so that's all in the workshop, uh, on the, on the, Yeah. Your website. Yep. On the website. I'll link those up too. some of those freebies in the show notes. So people can grab those because those would be great resources. Yeah. Ooh, Instagram hack. Yikes. I hate that stuff. I know it, <laughs> it, it happened through Facebook actually. And they, um, they tapped my bank account. No. Yeah. It wasn't, wasn't good. I don't like that. Okay. Well, yeah. So I'm just like, what did I do to cause that? I know. Like, I literally think like, I'm like that, you know, where do I have I, I some work of, to do? <laughs> yeah. That somebody, somebody would do that. Um, so I'm usually free from things st- stuff happens to people and I kind of dodge it in some way, but you know, I know I've been going through some things lately. So whatever thoughts I have ha- are, have manifested into this yeah, yeah. or, or it was just my time. Cause a lot of people get hacked and their bank account is just <laughs> like, okay, is your, is your number right now? Um, but immediately, see, that's the thing right there. Immediately I went, I went to in here in here instead of out there like people are bad and they do bad things that's the old d i used to 
have that pared down. Mine, now mine is, I create my reality. You know, so where else in my life do I feel hacked or mm -hmm. victimized mm -hmm. or um, stolen from? Yeah. You know, where, where, because that's how it felt. It's like they took my money and shut me out. So where else in my life am I feeling like that? So those are the questions that you ask. So it gives you some insight on if I'm feeling like that somewhere, is that the energy that I'm vibrating? Because the law of attraction says like attracts like. So if, if it is emanating from me, then it's bringing other energy in that matches. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Yeah, no, I totally yeah, does. You got mm -hmm. it. Oh, and I, I'm on, um, I'm still on LinkedIn. Okay. You know, it's not as fun as IG, but um, still all my posts are there. I also join me on Pinterest. Um, I have a lot of fun pins going on right now. And we are just starting a pin, um, starting to pin boards with hypno, hypnotherapy audios that you can oh, download. Oh, cool. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's just D. Woolridge on um. No, it's like, no, it's not. It's the mindset coach. Got the it. Mindset coach. D. Woolridge, the mindset coach on Pinterest. Okay. So getting a hang of that. Amazing. Thanks, D. I appreciate your time. This was so helpful. Thanks so much for tuning in, everyone. Thanks to Dee for sharing her insight. Thanks to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. And thanks to you listeners for showing up every week. Make sure to follow along on Yoga Magic Podcast and at AshleySondergaard.yoga. Have a great week. Thanks, everyone. 